Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready for the sound of Carver to splash on a microphone? I can kind of... Whoa. That's the sound of Christmas popping. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas just popped into existence. Wait, listen, listen. Ooh. Real live sound effects. You know, in movies, they add some of the sound effects later. But on film chat, we do things for real. It's yeah. got to be as real as possible. It's not edited. No, no, Danny, let me pour you a glass of Thank Christmas. being a little parched. Pure Christmas. <laughs> Merry a Christmas. A pure vessel of Christmas would do me the world of good right now. Here you are. Ooh. Ooh. It's bubbly. <laughs> it's sparkling with joy. Fill your belly with it. Mm, it'll give you the fire to get through the next hour and a half of recording. <laughs> <laughs> You've become quite a strange man. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Merry Christmas, listeners. Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And congratulations to us. We did it. We did it. We've broken three figures, not in terms of income or the number of listeners, but in terms of uh, episodes that we've recorded. So just by pure sort of refusing to go away, <laughs> we have reached quite a milestone. We've done it. We've done it. And I'm pretty proud of us all. And I want to congratulate Katie. Well done, Katie. Well done, Katie. You stuck with us. You made this happen. This is like the Oscars for me. Yeah. Here's so to us. Here's to us. And now for a little bit of loud sipping. Real. Really happening right now. Mm. Delicious. So, welcome to our Christmas special. This is our third Christmas special. That's how old we are. So, you, we might sound a little jaded because we've been here before. It's not exciting now for us. Um, but anyway... <laughs> Uh, so we will be discussing our films of the year. We'll be looking back at the year that's just been a, a, a tumultuous year in many respects, most of them cinematic. We'll be talking about our faves and our worsties. And also going through some of our listeners' comments, we had a, quite a healthy number, which was nice. They kind of you know, got into the spirit of things. They know that it's a big episode for us, and uh, we've really responded to... Um, how important it is by preparing almost nothing for it ourselves so it's a good thing that um they stepped in to fill in the gap absolutely um we've also got a bit of news danny of might news. do a bit of uh, film reviewing um it's going to be a great episode quiz. it's in on oh, a quiz of course katie quiz, quiz. 
Katie has come. She's prepared a quiz. All that she will say is the word quiz. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we're very excited for that as well. That will be our third Christmas quiz from Katie. We we tend to suck at them. Things get a little hostile. Things get a little hostile. So if you look forward... Because it normally is quite a um, fraternal, cheerful atmosphere in the podcast. But a little Mm. little Christmas bitterness. It's It's the EastEnders special of our podcast, you know? Yeah. And you're Ange... And I'm going to serve you some divorce papers from that episode. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, I did go through a period of watching EastEnders a little bit, but I didn't remember enough for me to understand what that meant. <laughs> that was the response I was looking for. <laughs> yeah, sure. I was in character. <laughs> Isn't that... That was a quote from that episode where Ange gets served the divorce papers. Whoever, whoever she is. Christmas, Christmas, Merry Christmas, season's greetings, goodwill to all men, tinsel, crackers, pine tree presents, mistletoe, park the herald angels, turkey, baubles, mulled wine, Saint Nick, peace on earth, Brussels sprouts, wise men, Santa Claus, elves, shepherds, jingle bells, Christmas pudding, Yuletide, Rudolph, stockings, chestnuts, snowmen, carols. Festive cheer to everyone, Christmas film chat has begun. Danny, would you like a mince pie? Yes, please, Sam. It's a mini one. You don't have to act like you're sort of acting because I am really offering you a mince pie. Oh, you know me, I'm method. <laughs> what, you mean your method bad acting? It's like, even if it's happening for real, you have to, like, be a bad actor. Oh, wow, a pie. <laughs> <laughs> Many contours. A pie. <laughs> um, 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 lovely pie. Yeah. Don't nice. worry, listeners, he really does have a mince pie, and I'm going to take one for myself. So, first person to get in touch about his favourite film, or least favourite film of the year, was Chris Young. He says... I've not probably vented about it yet, but the worst film was Tarzan. First of all, Tarzan is stupid and should not be revived. Secondly, the sultry, shades of grey, softcore erotica vibe was completely bizarre, and there was no chemistry at all between the leads, even though they were fucking by the light of the moon. Miss that scene. Thirdly, they can't even come to terms with the massively awkward cultural issues of the Tarzan character, so hamfistedly attempt to solve this by having Sam Jackson deliver a jarring speech about slaughtering indigenous people in America before they all go and beat up some indigenous African people who, by the way, have very legitimate beef with old Tarzo because he's killed the chieftain's son. But we're supposed to like this burly dickhead? Also, the film was shot through with unbelievably tedious flashbacks of Tarzan's upbringing, which are literally sepia-toned, and which double the film's running time. I do not care about Tarzan's life. No one does. Why does this film exist? Film of 2016. Okay, abrupt turnaround there at the end to <laughs> claim the film. It's the best film of the year. Um, we yeah, we missed this it, one, right? But it's been, you know, it was pretty uh, massive yeah. flop. This is one of the massive blockbusters that's going to be lost to the mist of time, I think, a little bit. Yeah, um, it already is. It already is, and it only came out a few months ago. You know, so. the one interesting thing I, about this movie, I Oops, think, which I haven't seen, is that Margot Robbie is both in Tarzan and Suicide Squad, and yet her star has remained undiminished almost. It's like the power of her charisma is such that she can be in two of the worst films of the year, and people still sort of like her and want to cast her in movies. Do you think David Yates is about to announce a spin-off Tarzan movie <laughs> starring her character and a bunch of other like female jungle explorers yeah. or something? <laughs> 
Yeah, Jungle Dames. Yeah, she always survives the like disastrously bad films and then makes her own spin-off movies from whatever character she was playing. Uh, Jungle Sirens. Yeah, well, I'll take your word for it, Chris. Haven't seen it and almost certainly won't now based on that. I'm sorry that I haven't, I'm going to miss the Light of the Moon fucking scene. Sounds excellent. Jerry McCormack. McCormick. He's writing in even though I can't pronounce his name and we keep slagging off his favorite film, Kingsman the Secret Service. He writes in to say... <laughs> His top three films of the year are three films that none of us have seen. La La Land, just ridiculously good, according to him. Not out yet in the UK. He's in Dubai. He's in Dubai, so so it's just more of a boast than a pick. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Number two, <laughs> Sully, simple but great. That's the Chris, uh, Christopher, the Christopher Eastwood film. Um, that's Clint is short for Christopher. Um, Tom Hanks. Yeah, <laughs> starring Sullivan Tom Hanks. Hanks. He's playing a captain who could land a plane and does. Haven't seen that either. And the third of his best films of the year are the Polish Christmas advert. Oh, that was good. What is it? Take me through it. Have you Explain. not seen it? No, I haven't seen it, mate. Oh, it's, it's hot. I, well, I don't watch TV. I'm too cool. Do you want me to ruin it, it for it, you? Is it a Twitter advert? <laughs> otherwise, I won't have seen it. No, it's an advert for it's something called like Allegro or Allegro, which is like a Polish eBay type thing. And it's about this. I'm going to spoil it for you. All right, prepared. fine. It's about this Polish granddad and he orders a how to speak English book and spends like the first most of the ad is him like learning English and he's like talking to his dog and repeating phrases on the bus and he's like watching a violent movie and it's like I'm gonna kill you bastard and he's like in the bath yelling at his duck like I'm gonna kill you that bastard. absolutely adorable and then at the end he orders like a suitcase from the same Allegro Allegra and he goes to England because his grandchildren are English and don't speak Polish and he wants to say I'm your granddad and it's like really hits you in the feels. It's one of those, you know, I'm a bit sort of cynical Powerful. about those John Lewis ads, but this one really that was a good did, one. Did the number on me? I oh, did it really. I was like, oh, he's learned English to say hello to his grandchildren. That sounds does sound beautiful. Uh, Joe McCormick's worst film of the year was Jack Reacher Never Go Back, which is ironic. Self reviewing <laughs> because, because uh, well, he says I've never walked out of a film before, and I'm one of the few people <laughs> who really liked Jack Reacher one. That he's like he's got a paragraph break for emphasis. And he says, "I walked out of Jack Reacher too. He just <laughs> ne- walked straight out. Never go back. Reacher style. Didn't look back. Never went back. <laughs> he didn't just walk out. Brilliant. It wasn't like when people normally walk out of cinemas and it's to go to the toilet and they come back. It was like it, that was a permanent. Just permanently left. Um, Jazzy Bagger got in touch. He said, "I like many films. It was a strong year for film." Well, <laughs> well, we'll answer that question <laughs> later <laughs> here are five faves of 2016 based on uk release dates thank you jazz deep somebody didn't uh, think to think about that when writing their top films of the year yes joe uh one knight of cups two the neon demon three queen of earth four spotlight five the hateful eight honorable mention hail caesar knight of cups you're in a interesting pick you're in the minority there yeah but if like Looking at these films, like this guy's a real cineaster kind of guy. Oh sure, absolutely. I mean, obviously we know that because I would say him, he but... likes films that have three words in the title. Yeah, so have a spotlight. I think No Cubs. It got sort of like quite a hostile reception and kind of just passed me by. Yeah, I think Malik's star is waning a bit. You know, yeah, is that, is that a phrase that they use? No, I think basically it's just getting more and more refined, and people are dropping off. But the true People who understand cinema they really are sticking it. with it. Yeah, and yeah. like people like he's lost it, but like you don't even he's understand. He's taken it to the next level so well, much so that people think it's garbage, but it's actually Do you think that if he's just released these movies in like a different order, then the critical consensus would be different? You know, like if instead of releasing the new world he'd released Night of Cups then and now he's released the new world, would people be like 
you yeah. know people are just like oh we can't see these dreamy films anymore i don't know uh, but no, it's an interesting, interesting set of choices. Certainly, the most different to other ones. He reminded me that Queen of Earth came out this year. I'd kind of forgotten about that movie, uh, but I was like, yes, that is actually a good film. That's an, good an, film. an interesting, interesting pick. Carol Amuti writes in to tell us hit the his view on the, the worst film of the year, which he says is Batman v Superman. Not a bad choice, to be honest. Just dull, dark, and dour shite, according to Carol. Like a morning's hard poop after a night of eating a 10-piece KFC family bucket and then washing it down with red wine and Guinness. I don't know what that would be like, to be honest. I guess bad. Never, you never done that? I've never done that. I assume it would be really bad. Yeah. There should be plenty to enjoy there individually, comic hero-wise. But Christ, is it fucking depressing. It's like a shit overlong, convoluted requiem for a dream with capes and slow-mo punches. Cheer the fuck up, you immortal, beautiful, billionaire bastards. These characters are colourful Silver Age comic heroes with ridiculousness oozing out of them. Don't turn it into a dire attempt at a David Mamet play. Fair enough. And not yeah. a bad review of the film, which was Excellent. absolute garbage. The best film, according to Carol, another interesting choice, The Jungle Book. His review of that is giant monkey walking, jazzy and terrifying like a zombie Louis Armstrong. That's probably not his review of the whole film, but yeah. that's certainly one thing he highlights from it as being a good thing. Mowgli? Mowgli? Mowgli. I can't really do Chris Walken impression. Come on. My Chris Walken impression is like an impression of an impression, you yeah. know? So, so is mine. Is the, well, in that case, mine is an impression of an impression <laughs> of an impression, because I'm really copying you. you poor, poor Mowgli. You hide this fire up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> you see, you remember the dialogue of the movie, verbatim. Emma Teasdale says, gonna say best Victoria, embrace of the serpent and Deepan. And she responded to another question I posed, which is, has Donald Trump ruined Home Alone 2? And she says, no, nothing can ruin Home Alone, especially not Donald Trump. In fact, it might add some extra spice. Fair enough. Fair enough. Interesting. Spicy. The the fascist who rules the world is in this uh, children's film. Gives it a little extra spice. Um, I thought it'd be cool if there was some like children's films from the 1930s starring Hitler or that he made a cameo <laughs> appearance in. Do you think that would make them more interesting to watch? Yeah, if Hitler was in them. If Hitler was in them. I'm trying to, I didn't, you know, I'm trying to delve into my um, film probably knowledge. Probably in um, Triumph of Will for a bit. Is only well, that's actually about the Nazis, though. I'm not, you know, <laughs> I was thinking more along the lines of... <laughs> Some kids film released in 1935. Yeah, but that's a Bowman Knox, isn't it? Yeah, it's not like... You couldn't have misunderstood my question anymore. (laughs) (laughs) That's like saying that, do you think that Donald Trump documentary was ruined because he's in it? (laughs) You make a good point. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I washed it down from Carver. Stella Ramsden writes in to say that her favourite films of the year have been Ma Vie de Courgette and I, Daniel Blake. Mavie de Courgette being that film that you saw My at London Film Festival, Marcus de Courgette, which you've not reviewed yet, right? Because it's not come to our shores. No, but it's great. And also, Stella told me it is written by, uh, I might be mispronouncing his name, but Celine Sciamma, who d- oh. uh, did Girlhood. Girlhood. And she did the um, adaptation. Awesome. It is adorable. My It's got shortlisted for best um, animation at the Oscars. Yeah. But in America, it's called My Life as a Zucchini. Because I don't know what Courgette is, which is an infinitely shitter title. Yeah, that's really bad. And if Keep they, of If they adapted the sequel, My Life as Rocket, which is yeah. a fucking awesome name, <laughs> it would be shortlisted as My Life as Arugula. And that sounds boring as hell. Right, we've got a good list here from Steph Mildina, who we haven't heard from in a while. Hope Steph. you're doing well, Steph, out, out there in Bangkok. Hope things are going well for you. Merry Christmas and all that. 
um, his best films of the year are Swiss Army Man, The Nice Guys, Hail Caesar, Zootopia. That must be the Thai title. You got to just drop this. Uh, Sausage Party, Ten Cloverfield Lane, Moana, and Green Room. And his worst films of the year are The Secret Life of Pets, X-Men Apocalypse, Office Christmas Party. Who's seen that? Probably just him. How to Be Single, Night of Cups, The Angry Birds Movie. Also, don't know anyone who's seen that. I mean, it was a major movie, so probably a lot of people did. And Lights Out. Well, he's got a kid, right, Steph? Yeah, that's why he's he's seen all these kids' movies. Plus, someone's I remember the kid preferred The Jungle Book. Yeah. The new one. That's right, his kid liked The Jungle Book. So his kid and Carole would get on. Wait, do you think his but kid wrote not, this list? <laughs> but he would not get on with Jazz Deep. There's no crossover between our fans. Yeah. They're That's warring. good. It's not an echo chamber. It's exactly. the opposite of Twitter. This is an echo chamber. This but, is an echo chamber. But our fans are separate chambers. With, um, really They're good firing acoustics. their noises in here. What is what is Lights Out? What's that movie? It was, I looked this up, it was this horror movie. That about uh, every time the lights went out, like a scary demon appeared. And it was based on a short film. And the short film was really acclaimed, but the, they the, lengthened it and everything became bad. It became bad. Like when the short film, the, the demon appears three times and it's awesome. And the, <laughs> the feature appears like 45, but it's like well boring. Yeah. After those first three, it really starts to drag. <laughs> it's just a bit repetitive. Christmas time in the film chat studio. Danny's dressed like a reindeer. Sam and Katie are covered in tinsel. It's definitely Christmas in here. So those are some excellent suggestions from our listeners. Yeah. But are they as excellent as our top tens? Uh-oh. Obviously not, because where are their podcasts with 100 episodes? Oh, shit, they don't exist. I would say generally, I think it has been a good year for film, but a bad year for blockbusters. Hasn't been that many crowd-pleasing hits. And... I was listening back, Gnosis that I am, was listening back to um, last year's, and we were, like, discussing films we thought they'd be good, and they've all sort of underwhelmed slightly, I think. Hmm. Or, like, you know, the Bourne movie wasn't very good, Ghostbusters wasn't that great. I would say it's been, like, it hasn't been, like, a really, dr- like, drastically terrible year, but it's been a bit middling with a couple yeah. of real stinkers. But on the other end of the spectrum, all the art house independent films I've seen have been really good. Okay, my top ten. Music, please. At number 10, The Hateful Eight. Number 9, I, Daniel Blake. 8, High Rise. 7, Victoria. 6, Childhood of a Leader. 5, The Wailing. 4, Anomalisa. 3, The Witch. 2, Embrace of the Serpent. And 1, Son of Saul. Boom. Boom. Cracking list, Danny. I would say my top 10 are categorized by films where I had like a real film-going experience. Mm. And I'm not sure if how many of these films, like Son of Saul is not a movie I'm, you know, want to rush home and get the DVD of and watch every week. Yeah. But it you're was gonna, like a sort of powerful... Christmas dinner. Yeah, similar yeah. to I, Daniel Blake. On my long list, I really liked Zootopia, Zootropolis. Mm. I didn't. I saw that after the fact. I remember you gave it a glowing review and I was like, i got to check it out. And I did. And it was I feel good. that's a movie has got a lot of rewatchability. I was just, it was a joyous experience. Yeah, and very smart film, very intricate. And another film, which I'm not sure, there's a debate whether it's a TV miniseries or a film, but it's been screened in some cinemas in the States. I don't know if it's played in any cinemas over here, but the epic documentary OJ Made in America, which we haven't reviewed this year, but I recently watched. It's seven and a half hours long, and it's amazing. If you're a fan of like, it's kind of serial making of a murderer-esque, and it's sort of uh, incredibly detailed and thorough account of oj and 
how the sort of murder trial encapsulated race, celebrity, America's relationship to their athletes, uh, history of racism and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Police Mal- corruption. Yeah, police corruption. And uh, yeah, it's kind of amazing, but it hasn't had a cinematic release. So that's sort of a... So it's in sort of half on there. Half it's on penciled there. penciled in. And also uh, Wiener was really good, but I think I watched it in the sort of four-month bracket where you could enjoy that film. Before before, before he turned into <laughs> even creepier than the film Well, that's portrayed. the thing, exactly. Like the moment, like a month after we reviewed it, or I reviewed it, you didn't review it, uh, this third wave of sex scandals came out where yeah. he sexed a kid. And it was worse. 15, and then he kind of like fucked up the election because the FBI confiscated his wife's phone. So I wonder if you watch it now, you're like, God, this guy's unbearable. But when yeah. I watched that, I sort of was like a man who was a victim of his own inability to rein himself in. But now I'm just like, I have no sympathy for him whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. So I'm interested to know what people think of, you know, watching it for the first time. Well, it's like, do it twice. You know, people can still maybe sympathize. Do it a third time and everyone's patience is gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, here's my top 10. Here it is. Cue some similar but different music for me. I must have my own music. Number 10, High Rise. Number 9, Chirac. Number 8, Julieta. Number 7, 13th. Number 6, Zootropolis. Number 5, The Havel 8. Number 4, Victoria. Number 3, Spotlight. Number 2, I, Daniel Blake. And number 1, The Wailing. Um, I think I also kind of prioritized the film watching experience. Isn't there like um, people kind of separate film critics in this way, where they have the ones who are the sort of analytical ones and the ones who. Um, go by the experience of watching the movie like ebert and kermode kind of fall into the second category and yeah um, more like analytical types um i guess i probably am more in that category because i was i was basically picking films that i came out of and was like whoa yeah um i think those are all those all gave me that kind of reaction where you come out of the movie and you're really like that made an impact on me and even my number one film of the year i watched on my laptop (laughs) <laughs> so uh <laughs> i uh you closed it and you're like whoa yeah even though you're just in your bed i was like fuck yeah i blew my cheeks out i just shook my head i was like i just don't know Oof, gosh and i just put my laptop on the floor i was like wow and i just fell asleep because it was like <laughs> that was the evening um <laughs> uh but yeah the, the wailing is a true like that's a serious experience and it every moment of it it sort of surprises you with something new um and it's also a greatly told story greatly told oh, unlike the this effect. sentence <laughs> it's brilliant yeah it's bigly it's just one of the most bigly films i've seen i would say spotlight was on my long list yeah and i think it's a testament to it's an oscar movie that was good you know mm. who gives a shit about the revenant eight months later nobody yeah, that's true but well spotlight, spotlight's got legs that, that movie had I know that, one best picture spotlight had that spotlight had that effect on me um Spotlight and I, Daniel Blake are kind of similar in a way in that they're both movies that uh, feel like really authentic films about really important topics that are very like sort of low key in their presentation, but nevertheless kind of grab you by the throat. And I, Daniel Blake felt like um, put me through the mill completely emotionally, even though the whole movie is just like this cheerful man wandering around a series of drab rooms. But it was like, yeah. you know, really powerful. And Spotlight, similarly, I thought it was like didn't have too much grandstanding in it and felt really um, genuine. It was really well researched and very like true to um, its source material, very careful um, film. So I thought it was excellent. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, and it's kind of, they're, they're all, they're all similar films that have a real, like real impact. Um, the, the order is not super important, I guess. It's just like, they're all kind of yeah, in mate. the mix. My honorable mentions are Swiss army man, which I thought was really, really good. 
really surprising uh, film. When I first heard about it, I was like, this will probably be really stupid, irritating, or just like a joke or something. But it was actually quite quite a yeah. smart, good film. And uh, it's one of those movies that was quite badly reviewed in a lot of quarters. Like, there was a lot of people who literally were just like, it's, it's about farting. Film. It's for kids. I, I've got Captain America Civil War in my long... You nerd! ...in my honorable mentions. Despite uh, the dorkishness of it. No, I, I just... <laughs> um, that's... I mean, for similar reasons, really, in that I found that like just such a delight to watch that movie, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I know that you can pick a number of legitimate holes in it, but um, it was one of the funnest cinema-going experiences well, I had this year. it's probably the most well-reviewed blockbuster this year. Yeah, probably. It probably is the best blockbuster, yeah, I would say, even though there are others that people have, you know, maybe say more, like, solid or whatever. Uh, I've also got the Eagle Hunter scene, even though I only saw it, like, two weeks ago, but I thought it was really, <laughs> really good. The sex scene from Anomalisa. I got some issues with the rest of the movie. <laughs> Um, but thought the sex scene was really good. It's like an all-timer. If the movie consisted solely of the sex scene, I think I would like it more. What's weird? Puppet sex? The fact that I'm highlighting the puppets fucking as one of the best moments. No, nothing weird about that. Good. Uh, and I've also got Nocturnal Animals on my shortlist because I thought it was an interesting movie in a lot of ways, even though it's like definitely a kind of... Um, like a movie made by a uh, vain millionaire you know it has that aspect to it but sure. um but is there some some things that are really really interesting and good about it so i thought it was worth mentioning uh, i've got a couple more categories my not that bad category um <laughs> a lot of films could fit in that <laughs> i thought it's <laughs> winner of the not that bad award walk off the beginning not that bad the reason i wanted to mention it is because i feel like that's a movie no one's going to talk about in years to come well i had a and i I thought it. i just was like it's it really isn't that terrible and it would be a shame yeah i don't know for some reason i feel sad when people spend all this time and money and effort <laughs> making these movies and they're just immediately forgotten about and i feel yeah. like it's worth at least a glimmer of a memory you remember know? that independence day sequel that came out this year yeah exactly that no. that film is like <laughs> i don't give a shit about that film for whatever reason but um but I thought Warcraft the Beginning was like a fun movie in a few ways. It had some interesting interesting things in it. And my final category, in retrospect, a bit disappointing, uh, in which I would put Hail Caesar, which cropped on some people's favourite movies. I don't mention from Jazz Deep. I don't mention from Jazz Deep. I don't know. I sort of... It's a movie I haven't thought that much about since then. I in My in-retrospect review of it is that it like covers a lot of familiar Cohen's ground that they've done better elsewhere. Um, and that is most fun for its recreations of golden era Hollywood, and that it's like the general thrust of it is a little bit too nihilistic and um, sort of uh, glib in a way that's a bit pleased with itself. It's got a good, few good scenes. Yeah, but it's got some great. It's got some really, really great scenes. Should we briefly touch on our worst films of the year before we all well, uh, expire of um, overdosing on lists? I think worst film of the year. Suicide Squad? It's really a toss-up toss between Suicide Squad and Batman v Superman. I think Batman v Superman is worse than Suicide Squad is, but they're both really? pretty bad. I would go Suicide Squad, personally. Yeah. Well, they are. That's a whole podcast to itself. Yeah. Um, but they both suck. Uh, I've also wanted to mention some other bad movies. Cafe Society was a real stinker. Really didn't like it. <laughs> How to Be Single is an extremely bad film that's like a sort of massive dating cliche pretending to be an undercutting sort of subversive dating movie like Bridesmaids and is the opposite of it. Mm. So it felt like it was deceiving me. Uh, Trombo is like the shittest film about a communist imaginable. Um, and Joy is like this weird like um, women. It's not that, like a bit how, like how to be single. It's these movies that pretend like they're women empowering films, but they're really like reactionary and dumb. But yeah, anything else you want to say about in our in our look back on the year, Danny? 
The only films that haven't been mentioned, which I think are worth seeing, are very quickly A Bigger Splash, Tale of Tales, American Honey, Patterson, The Unknown Girl, uh, and Napoleon, the five and a half hour version, if you can get a Blu-ray of that. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like our listeners have covered all the other good ones. There's some yeah. stuff we haven't there's seen. Other, there's some other ones, I but guess. whatever, we got to move there's on. There's millions of films, aren't there? We yeah. can't watch all well, of them. Well, it just goes to show that it really wasn't that bad a year for movies. Not at I all. feel like people are tarring the cinema uh, rele- launch That's like release the whole schedule thing. with how Every they feel about the movie like, generally. Oh, it's the death of cinema every yeah. like two months. No, like, no it's no. not. There's still a lot of great movies being made. There's always like these old guys like Scorsese says, oh, the film's not as good. It's like, well, you're old. You you're old. You're only remembering the good movies <laughs> from the past. Yeah. You remember the 80s? They made a lot of garbage. You seen Kundun? You made that. Okay, final bit of uh, correspondence. This is from James Andrews. It's good because it's a um, bit of writing in where I get to sort of indulge myself, which is nice. Um, he says, here's something I'd like to know. I've been loving these songs for two years now. What are the actual originals of all of them? I'd like to listen. I think it would blow my mind. That's a correspondence. That's how he signs off, which is nice. So um, he's talking about the jingles for the podcast i haven't we've sort of i've sort of relied on the old jingles for a while i haven't made any new ones um yeah why is that but for anyone who's curious here is a quick rundown of the songs you can make your own spotify playlist you can listen to them they're all total bangers they probably all go well together you know jog to them uh, make love to them cook to them yeah do Park, all your... cook jog whatever you want to do whatever you want so the intro is a song called rhino stomp by a band called the starlight mints probably the most obscure um, of the entries uh, the news jingle is after the disco by broken bells danny is reviewing jingles clint eastwood by gorillas uh, my reviewing jingle is Grandlandic edit by of montreal the one when we do two reviews together is a fifth of beethoven by walter murphy and by beethoven um the imelda staunton one is a track called year one one ufo by m83 uh the one where i sing about my favorite film is all your goodies are gone by parliament the spoiler alert jingle is Perfect Me by Deerhoof. The one where I sing about it's being time for a break is a song called City of Broadly Love by Soul Survivors. That's S-O-U-L, Survivors. Very good song. <laughs> um, and the uh, what they listen to, one where it's different scenes from movies where they listen to things and it's all film chat, um, is uh, Can You Get To That by Funkadelic sampled for a song by Sleigh Bells, which you might also recognize the, that, that song, that music from. So there we go. That's what I used. And that's, you know, they're all absolute garbage tracks that I turned into complete gold uh, with my the brilliance of my ability to just sing over them and do nothing else. Hey, hey. So next, now more. More drinking? (laughs) (laughs) With the eloquence of a... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Man who's had a glass of kava. What should we do next, Sam? Were you left home alone this winter? Did you get scrooged over in business? Perhaps you thought you were in love. Actually, it was a nightmare before Christmas. Well, just forget about those gremlins, baby. You're trading places with a happier guy. 
pop a film channel on and let your blues die hard and you realize it's a wonderful life. I'm getting thirsty, Katie. I'm getting thirsty. Danny's pouring himself some more of this delicious carver. Um, which like I also use. Yes, I would actually. Thank you very much. Uh, I feel like I'm going to spill it. Maybe you just, just. I'll just pour it for myself, but yeah. I'll obviously you've got to pour it near the microphone so it's part of the listener experience. Whoa. Um, <sighs> so during our preparation for this episode, there was some preparation. I totaled up. I bought this carver, for example. You bought that carver. I drank some of it. <laughs> and uh, I totaled up all the films we reviewed over our 100 year. 100 year? 100 episode lifespan. <laughs> I've been I've been there 100 years. <laughs> I've been making this podcast for 98 years, and I decided yeah. you guys involved. Yeah. And we during originally that time, were going to call it a podcast of Dorian Gray. But, um. Yeah, I got Benjamin Button syndrome. Um, we've reviewed 199 films. Yeah. We're one off 200. And it would be nice it, to get to a round, yeah. round number. So I feel we should review one more film. So there are some options because of these movies that you saw at the London Film Festival, Danny. Um, some of which have come out. Some of which have come out, but you didn't review them because we just had too many. Mm. Um, I could review Bleed for this. I'm not a serial killer. Train to Busan. All right, how about this? Or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give, you, I'm gonna give you like 30 seconds per movie. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it on a timer. Okay. And you've got to power out some opinion. We've got to practice. <laughs> okay, sure. This yeah, is yeah. like, you know, on like Kermode and Mayo when... Uh, you know, they spend like two hours reading out what like Derek from uh, the Lake District oh, said on that. Hell. You know how he my life this. is driving a truck up a hill. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing that stops you from putting a gun to my head is yeah. listening to the brilliant wittertainment banter. Yeah, exactly. Fuck off, Derek. And Kill then, yourself. And then right at the end, Sorry. they have like two minutes left, and Kermod is like, "Oh shit, I better review the new uh, um, Paul Thomas Anderson film or something." Yeah, exactly. All right, so I'm going to give you thirty seconds. Um, name the film you're going to review. Uh, Bleed for this. Bleed for this. All right, and that includes that's like everything about it. You got to give us a plot okay. synopsis. You got to leave room for a clip. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be. Here's a clip. Like two <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Just like a... the clip's going to be going to be one or two seconds long. <laughs> okay, that idea's been shot down. But all right, here we go. Bleed for this. Start. Okay, so Miles Teller plays a man who punches people in the head and gets punched in the head for a living. He's a boxer. Uh, he's doing quite well, and he gets in a car accident, which makes him practically paralyzed. And because he's fucking nuts, he spends the entire time going through this incredibly painful rehabilitation process and risking being paralyzed for life so he can continue his career being punched in the head. All right, was it good? You got seven seconds. No. <laughs> well, there's like it's fundamentally flawed in its premise because you're like, maybe just don't be a boxer. <laughs> perfect <laughs> perfect no that was perfect brilliant alright what's the next one uh, I'm not a serial killer alright <laughs> ready yeah sure go I'm not a serial killer is about a teenager who's been diagnosed with sociopathic tendencies and thinks he might kill someone and then in a small like Minnesota town a serial killer turns up and bodies start piling up and he tries to investigate who the serial killer is but that premise is good but there's a twist and it kind of hops genres in a way which is unsatisfying and it should have stuck with its original premise because it kind of cops out and it's like, you know, lost faith in the movie it was making. Cool. you got four more seconds. Anything else? Christopher Lowe's quite good and so is the lead <laughs> Max Records. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know why we give ourselves more time than that. So that's, you really said everything. All right. What's the next one? Train to Busan. <laughs> okay. Train to Busan. All right. You want to take a little sip of coffee? Sure. Get yourself ready for it. All right. 
day. It's a Korean zombie film about uh, the passengers on a train going to Busan in Korea, but there's a zombie apocalypse happening at the same time, and the zombies are on the train. Uh, it's quite good because any movie set on a train and that has zombies is inherently compelling, but it's a bit familiar, but there's some good, well-executed set pieces. But it kind of pulls the emotional strings in a way which it hasn't fully set up at the beginning of the film, so it's not that emotionally taxing. Very interesting. Five more seconds. Any final thoughts? Uh, scene with the train was good. <laughs> Very profound. <laughs> That's yeah. Um, excellent. Ugh. Okay. What are our episodes like an hour long? I don't, I don't know. It's so stupid. It's like we're covering so much ground. This is what I say. All right. So why don't we give the final thirty seconds to the Mortal Instrument City of Bones, <laughs> a film that came out in August twenty thirteen. Danny and I watched this recently with friend of film chat. Dougal McQueen at Dougal McQueen's house. We were a little drunk. We put it on. We watched 90 minutes of it and then we realized the film itself was like literally over two hours long and then we stopped watching it. That's not that long. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> you haven't seen this We're film. getting into the 30 second review here, but all right, I'll do 15 seconds and I'll pass it over <laughs> okay. to you. Sure. Okay. So it's like a YA, uh, young adult fiction, Twilight thing, but it's like every single film you've ever seen all mashed together. Like It's like Twilight meets Harry Potter meets The Hunger Games. Like, you know, a kid who finds out they're a chosen one, and like, but it's all a bit shadowy and gothic and a bit sexy and everyone's really attractive, but it sucks, Danny. <laughs> There's far too much lore. It's always saying up all this bullshit you don't understand or has no bearing on the plot, and the lead, Jamie Campbell Bow, is fucking terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. like looking at like a sort of waif of a man with... Just, I don't know, you fall asleep looking at him. Yeah, that's all right, that's it. They should call him Nyquil. That should be his nickname. If that even sounds rap. kind of badass <laughs> if you didn't know it was like something you take to fall asleep. Yeah, I just know that from a Nicki Minaj lyric. Yeah. All right, so there we go. So uh, the last half hour could be brilliant, I don't know. We'll have to watch that and come back to you. Wow, another 203 30. films uh, reviewed now. 204 if you include, no, 203, oh, oh, including yeah. more the Instruments City Bones, right? That's 203. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But if OG in America has 204, if, OG, if, you, if that counts, the review. That counts. Well, well it counts. Sure know. it does. Sure. I don't know. Yes. Congratulations. I thought you Thank did very you. well with that challenge, actually. Well, f- thanks very much. We've got to make sure you see a few more movies so we can keep that feature going <laughs> on the podcast. Okay. Uh, we're almost getting ready for our quiz. Before that, we're going to have a brief message from one of the other long running fans of the show who uh, called in and found a, found a voicemail from him. Please leave your message after the tone. Hey, fellas. I'm sorry I couldn't catch you. This is um, the filmmaker, lover, and recurring presence kind of character on your podcast, Woody Allen. Um, I wanted to call to congratulate you on reaching uh, 100 episodes, um, but I keep getting distracted by how incredible my year has been. I mean, my film Cafe Society came out in its the best thing that I've done, in my opinion. Um, I mean, it's absolutely perfect. They can take all my other work and pile it up and set it on fire as far as I'm concerned. I've never been happier with anything that I produced with my hands or brain. And I didn't listen to your review of it, but I assume it was glowing because I just cannot conceive of another response. I also released my first television series. Never done that before. They asked me to do it. I made one. Incredible. It's called Crisis in Six Scenes. Originally, it was called masterpiece in six scenes but uh after a few preview screenings they changed the title but i was just ecstatic with how it came out it's the best thing Miley cyrus has done um since she at least since she toured with the cheetah girls in 2006 
Did you see it? Um, I assume you did and loved it. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm really sorry, fellas. I gotta go. I was de-seeding a pomegranate and some juice splashed in between my toes and I think it's staining them pink. And I need to scrub that out before my podiatrist appointment this afternoon. So I just say congratulations on reaching 1,000 episodes. It's remarkable uh, achievements and hope you have a very merry new year and so on. And uh, good luck to you and goodbye. Merry Christmas, Merry, Merry, 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 Merry Christmas, Merry, Merry Christmas, Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, and forget Merry the Christmas. snow Merry I'll gather Merry round Merry For this landmark Merry show Merry It's time For Film Chap 100 The only present you wanted Two men discussing films Quiz! Quiz time! Alright Bring on the Our quiz Our producer is Coming back to the foreground. Katie, there's a chair behind you if you want to sit on something. Yeah. Okay, hello, (laughs) hello, boys. Once again, it's that time of the year where you allow me close to a microphone. Yeah. It's in a pretty sexy way. (laughs) It's just a sexy (laughs) phrase to me, I think. It doesn't matter how you say it. Hello, boys. Yes. Um, (laughs) Okay, so uh, I've got five questions. I thought I'd keep it quite short. Uh, because otherwise you get angry at each other. No, no, it's good. It just means that you're doing to yourself what you're always doing to us, which is... Um, keeping, it, keeping it tight. Keeping it snappy. V- violently editing down Violent the editing. nonsense. Um, <laughs> okay, so uh, all you have to do is buzz in when you think you know the answer. Sam will go... Bing bong, bing bong. Danny will go... Bong. Okay, yeah. great. Yes, I'm Let's looking forward to it. Let's get down to it. Gonna, and play along at home, listeners. Butthole. So you oh, can, <laughs> I need that. You can loudly uh, disagree with them when they say that the questions are hard. Okay, ready? Question yes. one: Name the Christmassy rom-com from the following clip. You know, um, given that I'm in a bit of a personal crisis and um, I find myself in a total stranger's home in yeah. a town that I can't actually remember the name of, and considering that you showed up and you're like insanely good looking and really drunk and probably won't remember me anyway um bing bong bing bong is that the holiday yes it is yes that's the 2006 movie the holiday which i saw recently it's bloody diaz yeah i saw it recently it's one of those it's one of those this may be a talking topic for another time but it's one of those movies i think is the biggest example of a truly god-awful script and plot and everything purely saved and made rewatchable by four sort of very charming performances. The biggest disparity, I think, between performance and quality of script. Yeah, I mean, I I'm absolutely holiday. with you up to the point where you started talking about the performances. <laughs> but this uh, is a film I've only seen, I've only seen bits of it, but I really don't particularly like um, Jude Law and Cameron sure, Diaz. Oh, no, no, no. Well, it's Kate basically... Particularly, particularly Jude Law. I, like, when he's trying to be charming, I'm just like, you're clearly a creep. Oh, no, that's because you're a heterosexual man. Why? Well, you mean because I wouldn't bone him? I, yeah. I mean, yeah. You'd yeah, it's basically. Dude. I think he's a. You wouldn't? He's a jerk. No, he seems like a jerk. Kind of anyway, guys, let's keep it tight. Breezy. Keep it tight. It's really okay. This is just a. This is just a question. This is Breezy just a normal day. question. Day. Normal, question. Normal, normal question. question. Which Bond girl, former Bond girl, well, 
Features at the Tarts and Vickers party in the 2001 film Bridget Jones's Diary. That's a that's it, a, um, um, is it Dinah Rigg? No. I'm just, I don't know how many more I can name to be honest. <laughs> do, 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 is it? Uh, I don't know. I could guess. Well, you better guess, Danny. It's a you know. Gemma Arterton. No, gotta be a bit close to the mic as well. Jane Seymour. No, the answer uh, is Olga Kurenko. No, you can't just guess that. <laughs> wives of, no, the that's wives it. of Henry VIII. That's it. So you, it was Honor Blackman, Pussy Galore. Oh. She was in it. She was oh. the one that Bridget Jones's mum was like, oh, you've got your tits out. And she was like, no, it's just how I dress. Okay. Well, good interesting fact, though. Good fact. Good fact. Yeah. Very good fact. Okay, so we're still at 1-0 to Sam. Yes. Number three, name the Christmassy comedy from the following clip. So, where did you go from here? Shut up, I'm thinking. Okay. Oh, by the way, this thing... Single gayest thing you've ever done. Good evening, gentlemen. Hi, we are so incredibly lost. The band Bong. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Yes. Yeah, that was Danny Junior, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I was on. The, I was on movies. the path. I was on the path to remember that. Yeah, You'd the movies were always set at Christmas. Yeah. yeah, it's a great movie. Loves Christmas. Okay, just another normal question. Whenever okay. you're ready. It's all equal, normal right? Normal ha- right. How many? How many more we got? We got two, We've got more, two questions. more questions. Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh dear. Um. Question four. <laughs> what is the name of the building taken over by Hans Gruber? What, you the... ask this every year. And... Oh, fuck. You've got to get <laughs> it right. Is it like the you Nakatomi exactly right. Plaza? Okay, this, this year you finally got it correct. <laughs> Nakatomi. Yes. Okay. Yes. Would you have got it correct, Sam? Just for you. Would you have said Takihana again? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> like you do every year. No, no, the first year I didn't know it at all. So I think that's, the characterization is completely wrong for me. This is what we're going to do. We're going to, you're going to be asked the same questions over and over again until you get them right. I don't know why you write any new questions. You can just, you, <laughs> we're never going to, I can't remember any of that like, sort of strange, obscure trivia from the first year. But there you go. Yeah. It's all about repetition. Nekatomi. Hmm. And right. finally, which of the following does not feature in Hugh Grant's speech as a prime minister in Love Actually? Oh. Things that make Britain great. Churchill, Shakespeare, The Rolling Stones... David Beckham's right foot or Harry Potter? Bing bong, bing bong. Um, Churchill. What do you think? Rolling Stones. Okay. I thought I would put this question in just so we could all get to listen to Hugh Grant. They're all in it. Was it a true question? No, it's not. Uh, I thought... (laughs) (laughs) I basically put this question in because I thought it's been a horrible year. It's been 2016. Garbage year. Let's listen to something a little bit uplifting when we still thought that our country wasn't a fiery garbage heap we may be a small country but we're a great one too country of shakespeare churchill the beatles sean connery harry potter (laughs) david beckham's right foot david beckham's left foot and a friend who bullies us is no longer a friend and since bullies only respond to strength from now onward i will be prepared to be much stronger the answer was Rolling Stones because obviously the Beatles are better. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah. Simon agrees. Uh, so uh, what was that in the end? That was 3-1. 3-1 to Danny. Danny wins yes! every year. Yes! Yes! Was that a little better as a quiz? No. Well, they've all been oh. excellent, KG. All right. Don't let our um, griping get okay. you down. Yeah. Should I leave the microphone now for another year? Yes, for please one entire. Year. Please, please go. Bye. <laughs> Needs bye. to be only mental. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah. So that is going to be the end. 
mostly, almost entirely, of this Christmas episode. Um, thank you for indulging us in not just this, but all of the episodes of Film and Chat. Thank you so much. And if much. you've gotten even an ounce of enjoyment out of them, then I'm surprised and delighted. <laughs> um, we're going to now switch to forward-looking. Well, I was going to say, because I've got some movies that look good in 2017, but because we're so old, uh, a lot of them are just films we reviewed in our first year, and the filmmakers we like have now made more films. Very exciting. So, top of my list is new Paul Thomas Anderson film, mm-hmm. Down Day Lewis. Probably going to be the greatest one ever made. Uh, Okja, which is a new Bong Joon-ho movie, the guy who did Snowpiercer and The Host. And I recently discovered that it's the script is co-written by him and John Ronson. Of, wow, that's crazy. Uh, you've been really? publicly shamed. Well, you, you wrote the Frank uh, screenplay. But so jo- wait, John Ronson watched uh, The Men Who Stare at Goats or something, and he was like, brilliant. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Bong Joon-ho. No, he probably did, because no, John Ronson's his own book. <laughs> watched his own film was like, wow, I nailed it. I would have called Bong Joon-ho and demand to work on his next film. <laughs> this really reminds me of The Host. <laughs> yeah, that probably happened. Yeah. That's going to be good. Tilda Swins in it as well. So. T Swins. And Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, Darren Aronofsky's got a new film with Jennifer Lawrence. Maybe she will do some acting in this. That'd be exciting to see. Shade thrown. But yeah. I feel like, you know, she needs to get away from David O. Russell and the big blockbusters and get some, like, actual auteurs that are going to, you know, yeah, I, capitalize I, on her talent. I agree 100%. Uh, so I think that's going to be great. Uh, Death of Stalin, Armando Nucci's yeah, fast for with that. an amazing cast. I made that. And <laughs> amazing it's, it's going to be a blast. <laughs> I can't wait to drive fast to the cinema. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mute, Duncan Jones, sci-fi film set in Berlin, 40 years from today, which has been like a passion project. I hope after, you know, he, I think he had a tough time on Warcraft. It's set in 2046. Yeah. Like that one car wine movie, 2046. Yeah. Right. It's a spiritual... Three, three years before that Blade Runner sequel, 2049. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, that looks good. I hope, you know, I look forward to him. I hope it's one of those, you know, cool situations where the, like, June to Blue Velvet, the guy did the sort of corporate Hollywood gig and then, like, made his best, most personal film afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, slightly less famous is Get Out, the Jordan Peele movie from Key and Peele. Oh, right. He's made this horror film, which has got Posh Kenneth in it, Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah. And it's all about a, a young black man who visits his white girlfriend's family estate, and uh, they're all secretly racist and it's like a sort of guess who's coming to dinner but a horror movie cool sounds like fun and uh yeah if it's like the whole key and peel thing about being very insightful and specific about race relations but just in a horror film it just sounds kind of brilliant and it's a really good idea i think yeah because like horror movies are always playing on unconscious biases and fears and stuff like that so doing that with um racial resentment is quite clever exactly and also uh the new edgar wright movie baby driver Oh, yeah. Can't wait for Baby Driver. It's going to be sick. Can't wait to see that Baby Driving. Also, Dunkirk, the new Christopher Nolan movie. Oh, yeah, we saw out. seven minutes of that. And the, it, it was better sick. than all of Rogue One. Yeah. That's um, a shame. So, uh, yeah, so that's, that's quite exciting, also. Can't think of any others. I think you've covered most of the major ground. Okay, listeners, we will now be on holiday for some time. Could be a week, could be three months. <laughs> could, could be, be a, six years. Could be a couple of years. But we'll be back eventually. But in the meantime, we are doing another quiz. It's going to be a sort of 100th episode celebration quiz. Bring your party hats. Bring those things that make a, a loud noise when you blow into them. What are they called? Horns? Trumpets. Horns. <laughs> um, so that's on the 4th of January. You okay, Katie? Three days into January. Katie's, uh, Katie's recovering. <laughs> 
she's just commit committing to memory the entry requirements. Um, January 4th. January 4th, at the social. 7.30. Great Portland Street, I believe. Not yep. Little Portland Street. No, Little Great. Portland Street. <laughs> Little Portland Street. One of the two One of the two Portlands. Uh, the social bar, 7.30. Danny's going to be there. I'm going to be there. Katie will be there. Um, hopefully more people be great. than that will be there. We got good prizes this time as well. Yeah. Sick. Yeah, I don't know what they are. But um, Danny said that very convincingly, and I think it's true. So, um, yeah. See you there, guys. And have a good have, Christmas. Have a great Christmas and an even better new year. And the months following surpassing even those. It's just a bell curve to brilliance from now on. <laughs> We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Please leave your message after the tone. Hello, this is Werner Herzog, a visionary and a vision of scary. I wanted to congratulate you on the release of the 100th episode of your podcast. Some strange compulsion has left you with a century of these capsules. A swarm of opinions and giggles buzzing through the ether. Film chat is like life itself. An exhausting endeavour, relentless and hollow as a drum, which in its vast futility acquires a certain beauty. I have heard some of your episodes, and most are more pleasant than listening to Timothy Tr- Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Well, being eaten alive by a bear. Well done and Merry Christmas.